Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details from the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair taking place this week in Brandon. Also, we'll hear from Karen Proud, President and CEO with Fertilizer Canada. Up first in today's country comment, Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum will stop by for a chat. Latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Beef Producers is encouraging producers to take advantage of agri-recovery drought assistance funds announced by the provincial and federal governments. Here's General Manager Carson Callum. I think with the agri-recovery program, uh, it's definitely helped uh, many producers across across the province uh, to address uh, impacts due to drought. Uh, we're still you know, encouraging producers to look at the program and see if they qualify and we're happy that you know the department continues to look at the program as well and see what sort of adjustments can be made to encourage or improve uptake of of uh, of those of those dollars committed under agri recovery so overall i think the the program has helped and uh yeah seeing little tweaks along the way to, to help with uh, producer uptake. What can the money be used for? You know, initially it was it was more targeted for you know, feed purchases due to drought uh, external from the farm. So if you had to buy, you know, any concentrates or even hay outside of your normal uh, production practice uh, and had an invoice for that, that's what was covered. But they've since made some tweaks to allow for some claiming of extraordinary expenses that uh, were due to drought. You know, if you had to haul water or if you had to harvest some of your own um, land that you don't normally do, such as cutting ditches and stuff, some of those expenses could be claimable in a declaration format. So that was encouraging to see. And and so it's really widened the scope what is eligible. And we're we're still hoping that producers take a really hard look at it because, you know, the the deadline that they extended is is looming of uh, April 15th, and they had that extended for March 15th. Is Manitoba more restrictive on what can be what can be claimed compared to other provinces, or they just took a, uh, a quite a different approach uh, right from the get go? You know, we can we encourage the the department to look at a per head payment like our colleagues to the to the west of us, and that's really what those jurisdictions did. They did a, a more of a per head uh, flat rate payment. Um, that didn't involve as much uh, invoice proof and things like that. With the spring melt here, uh, how are things shaping up? Yeah, I think it's probably hard to tell what the pastures looking, but uh, anecdotally, we're hearing that you know dugouts are filling up uh, a lot better than they did last year, and that's uh, I think that's step one. We'll uh, we'll see what soil moisture and things do as we get further into the spring here, but as long as we have a bit of surface water compared to last year, I think we're in a better better shape. That was Carson Callum, General Manager for Manitoba Beef Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute hosted a discussion on rail reliability yesterday. Wade Subkowicz is Executive Director at the Western Grain Elevator Association. We were getting uh, poor service up until about 2017, 2018, uh, and then Bill C-49 passed, and then we had two years of pretty good service overall. It wasn't perfect, but but it was uh, acceptable, I would say, uh, rail service levels in 2019 and 2020. Some observers of the industry were thinking out loud or wondering out loud whether we turned a corner on our rail service woes of the past, and, and now maybe we're entering a new era of... Um, 
more balance and, and, and better service and the railway's ability to move the commodities. But, but we were also cautious about that thought because we knew the last two years we were in COVID. The Grain Growers of Canada have announced the creation of a climate solutions initiative to help meet Canada's goal of net zero emissions by 2050. GGC Chair Andre Harp says the road to 2050 will propose a path forward that focuses on innovation, research and beneficial management practices. Immediate next steps will involve seeking potential partners as GGC develops solutions for farmers in government, supported and guided by the establishment of a scientific advisory committee. Grain Growers of Canada partnering with the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission in the development of the initiative. And Farm Credit Canada held its Young Farmers Summit last week. One of the presenters was money manager Jessica Morehouse. She talked about the importance of self-care. What self-care really means is that you are prioritizing your emotional, mental, and physical health. You want to take care of yourself so that you're okay. It's also countering this idea that I think lots of us have that self-care is selfish. Self-care is not selfish. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, March 29th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Karen Proud, President and CEO with Fertilizer Canada. The Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute hosted a discussion on rail reliability yesterday. One of the presenters was Karen Proud, President and CEO with Fertilizer Canada. There was a lot of concern recently with the the CP strike about the fertilizer supplies that came on top of, as you said, the uh, war in in Ukraine. Uh, A lot of people don't know that our Eastern provinces are highly, highly dependent on nitrogen fertilizers coming from Russia uh, during this time of year in order to be ready for seeding season. So when the war started and the sanctions came into place, we were already scrambling to get supply into this country in order to, to make sure farmers had what they need when the time came. Then we ended up with this CP uh, strike that or lockout, whatever, whatever they ended up calling it in the end. Um, and that was also of, of extreme concern. Normally, by the end of March, we have all of our inventories in place uh, so that farmers have access to the fertilizer they need at the time they need it. Fertilizer is a pretty unique product. We can't use it sort of effectively any time of the year. We've got that window of opportunity where when farmers are seeding, they need the fertilizer in place in order to make the most of of their yields. And while they do use fertilizer throughout the year and at different times, seeding season is the most important time. So leading up to the end of the month where we usually have full supply, we were already maybe two to three weeks behind in our supply because of uh, weather and other disruptions in the supply chain. With the CP strike, we were really concerned about the effect of that. And and I think what people don't really understand is for every hour of disruption, we get delays for potentially days and and two days of a strike. It may not sound very significant, um, but it can be weeks of delay. And and if you ask uh, any farmer who's ready to plant, weeks of delay is, is, is a huge delay and it will affect the yields at the end of the day. We were also about two hours away 
from shutting down a potash mine um, when we heard that the that the strike had ended. Um, so again, that would have been uh, significant, not just for Canada, but for the rest of the world that depends on the supply of Canadian fertilizer. And, and when we have to shut down, we don't get those, those inventories back. Um, so that again, would have been very concerning. So, so at this stage, uh, we are behind schedule uh, with having our full inventories. We hope to be able to, to have those. We also hope uh, to have the, enough stock for our Eastern provinces and for the farmers there. Um, we're working really hard on that, but, but these sorts of things at this time of year are really the, the worst possible disruptions that we could have to the supply chain. We ship 75% of fertilizers in Canada get shipped by rail. And, and so that is, is hugely significant to us. And, and not only is that shipped for our domestic supply, we ship down to the US who are highly, highly dependent on Canadian fertilizer. And then we ship out to the coast in order to service uh, our international uh, customers. When it comes to our manufacturing and, and specifically our mining uh, facilities, we don't have uh, a huge capacity to store the product that we make. We make it to ship it out. And, and that's the agreement we have with the rail companies. We make it, you ship it. Um, if we are delayed and backed up, we have to shut down production because we've got nowhere to, to, to keep these supplies. And, and so you can see the fragility of the system where even after a couple of days, uh, we're getting to a point where we're going to have to shut down. And, and uh, I had mentioned sort of the, the growing season in Canada, but our US customers, of course, start their growing season even earlier. And, and so the fragility of this system, it's really about just in time in some cases where we're manufacturing our product and, and we're shipping it to customers across Canada, to the US and, and internationally. And when you factor in the uh, war in the Ukraine where, uh, Russia is the number two export of potash. Canada's number one. We should be very proud of that. Russia's number two. There's now a huge gap in, in supply. And so our international customers are counting on us even more to make sure that those supply chains are working. And when they're not, uh, it certainly doesn't reflect well on Canada and Canada's reputation uh, with our international partners. That was Karen Proud, president and CEO with Fertilizer Canada. She spoke yesterday during a webinar hosted by the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. In-person public engagement sessions for the Plum Marais Watershed take place starting at 6.30 p.m. There's a meeting tonight at the St. Jean Community Hall. Another one March 31st at the Plum Coulee Community Hall. The Royal Manitoba Winter Fair is on this week in Brandon at the Keystone Centre. The annual general meeting for Manitoba Pork takes place April 6th at the Fairmont Winnipeg. Register on the Manitoba Pork website. The Manitoba Sustainable Energy Association invites you to the annual Sustainable Energy Conference April 6th at the William Glesby Centre in Portage La Prairie. 
Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiative is hosting grazing workshops April 12th to the 14th. Register on the MBFI website. Those workshops will take place April 12th at the Northdale Farm Site north of Brandon, April 13th at the Ericsdale Community Centre, and April 14th at the Grandview Kinsman Community Centre. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair continues this week in Brandon at the Keystone Centre. Reporter Barry Lamb was there and caught up with Abby Halloran, a horse exhibitor from Boisevane. She was there with her horse, Ace. Well, how many winter fairs have you been to? We had a couple years off and, uh, you know, you're not the oldest competitor by any means, but how, how many fairs have you been to here? Um, about three or four, but this will be probably my fifth and the first one with Ace. So. And, and what are you competing in? What are your classes like each day? Um, well, uh, I have the hunter classes every day and only two days of the five days of the week, uh, I have jumpers. So, yeah. How'd you get into all this? Um, I was kind of born into it. (laughs) So, yeah. So what do you have to do, the training and and when you're in the ring? What do you, what is the competition like? Just talk a bit about when you're out there and you're competing. What do you have to do? Um, well, it's pretty much jumping over an obstacle of eight or more jumps and then you're trying to go with no rails and try and make it look as nice as possible so yeah how tough is it and how do you improve upon what you do out there what do you try and do each time um so you try and do your best and then uh whatever you do wrong you work on that and try and make you better (laughs) and what is a mistake you you, do you jump too early with your horse or too late or is it the speed you're going approaching a jump What, what are you trying to do um so a horse has like a 12 or 11 foot stride so um during each line of like jumps so there'll be two jumps or something in a line and you're trying to get a certain amount of strides in those jumps uh it only matters really for the hunters but for the jumpers and the bigger jumpers it really matters too so how far would you like to go with this is it a bit of a hobby or or would you like to get real serious with it Uh, i like to get real serious (laughs) i want to go to uh spruce meadows in alberta calgary so, yeah. How far away are you from that, and how much more do you feel you need to improve to, to get to that level? Uh, I need, uh, well, Ace is still really good, and we have a young horse, but I need a horse that can jump really high and take me to a higher level. And this fair, is this a good competition? Are there a lot of great horses here? Yeah, there's so many great horses here. Um, they have a lot of high jumpers and really, really nice people that do really well and work hard. So. And a comment on this facility, the, the Keystone Complex seems pretty nice to be for stabling and everything? Yeah, it's really nice. It's nice and clean and it, it's just really nice. It's a nice kind of like place to be. It feels like home. As you work through this week, when do you wrap up? When, when's your last time in the ring? Um, the last time in the ring will be, I think, Friday or Saturday. Um, probably in the Hunters because the jumpers will be around 8 a.m. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I see a few ribbons hanging here already, so, so good luck throughout the week. Thank you very much. That was Abby Halloran, a horse exhibitor from Boisevane, taking part this week in the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair in Brandon. She was there with her horse, Ace. Abby was chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute hosted a discussion on rail reliability yesterday. Karen Proud is president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. 
Our eastern provinces are highly, highly dependent on nitrogen fertilizers coming from Russia uh, during this time of year in order to be ready for seeding season. So when the war started and the sanctions came into place, we were already scrambling to get supply into this country in order to, to make sure farmers had what they need when the time came. Then we ended up with this CP uh, strike that, or lockout, whatever, whatever they ended up calling it in the end. And that was also of, of extreme concern. And Farm Credit Canada held its Young Farmers Summit last week. One of the presenters was money manager Jessica Morehouse. She says taking care of yourself doesn't necessarily mean you're being selfish. What being selfish actually means is that you have a lack of consideration for anybody else besides yourself and you're only concerned with your personal profit and pleasure. Self-care is not about that. It is about taking care of yourself so you're okay, so you are on, in a better position to then take care of others around you and lift them up. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll continue our coverage of the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair taking place this week in Brandon. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.